Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly roundup of the most interesting things from the world of mobile apps and games. I'm Ariel, and here are my top five insights for you for this week. Instagram is prototyping a new feature that will ask users to take pictures at a specific time and share them with their friends. If you think this sounds exactly like Be Real, the most downloaded app in the US right now and for the last few weeks, you are correct. When Be Real started growing, I hypothesized that if they could maintain enough momentum that big rivals would take note, the simple concept could become sticky. Fast forward not so many months and this is happening. So why is Instagram copying Be Real? The answer, as you can imagine, is downloads. Be Real has gone from an unknown name to the number one app in the US App Store and in the process has been downloaded more than Instagram in the US in July for the first time. When the year started, Instagram was getting roughly 100 times the downloads of Be Real. That's not too hard considering Be Real didn't start getting popular until April. Be Real's first week came at the end of April, and with it, nearly a half a million downloads in the US App Store in one week. Instagram dipped around the same time to less than 400,000 downloads, according to our estimates. Instagram regained the lead the following week, but looking at the trends for both, it's clear Instagram's dip was a result of Be Real's rise. But BeReal continued to grow, and by July, it had taken the lead again. This time, it wasn't temporary. According to our estimates, between July and August, BeReal dominated Instagram in the US, adding 6.5 million new downloads from the App Store. That's a whopping 2 million more downloads than Instagram. Now, I focus on the App Store because that's where BeReal is most popular. I'll get to why that matters in a few sentences. Now. I'm only slightly surprised that Be Real has gotten so much traction so quickly and consistently. See, Instagram hasn't really done anything interesting in the last few years and people are bored. It went into war with TikTok, the only new thing to happen in the space, but that's no longer news. Combine that boredom with the ever-shrinking attention spans of today's mobile users, thanks to TikTok. And Be Real fits right in. Overall, though, this isn't good news for Be Real. The app is really nothing more than a feature, if you ask me, and it hasn't really found a good way to monetize. Its downloads are high in the US, but really only on the App Store and aren't really even comparable to Instagram anywhere outside of the US. I see it as an opportunity for Be Real, but also as an existential threat if the team behind it can't figure it out fast enough. Now that Instagram is after them, the clock is ticking. Let's talk money for a minute. Streaming apps are in a weird place right now. The last few years have been very kind to those who tried, but recently things changed. Movie theaters are trying to get people in seats again, and that led some streamers like Disney and HBO to skip streaming launches and go back to theaters first. Yuck. The entire market has also matured. Streaming is no longer a new thing, and because lockdowns are gone, fewer people stay at home as much as they used to. But Peacock's revenue continues to grow. According to our estimates, Peacock's revenue continued to grow in July, even after the tiny dip it experienced in June. Peacock's monthly net revenue, meaning what they get to keep after Apple and Google take their fee, rose above 12 million for the first time ever. That's not a surprise considering Peacock's revenue has grown every single month since the app launched in 2020, with two tiny exceptions that are safe to ignore. In absolute terms, this isn't HBO Max or even Disney Plus revenue, but we have to keep in mind those are very different services in many ways. Like, be real, this isn't necessarily great news for Peacock, though. So while there is growth, there isn't too much of it. Not enough, in my opinion, for a service like Peacock. 
The main reason isn't Peacock, though, but I think it's the market. HBO Max and Disney Plus are some of the highest earning apps in the U.S. because they offer content that rivals movie theaters, which cost more at the end of the day. For all the nice things Peacock offers, it simply doesn't have that kind of advantage, and that's why the revenue is so different. But that also means that movies going back to theaters won't impact it as much. That's why I expect to see revenue continuing to grow at a moderate rate for now. And this is a good opportunity to say that if you like the insights in this episode so far, give the video a like and let YouTube know that it's awesome. That's all I ask. Next, speaking of money, discounts are a great way to get people to take action. I looked at how restaurants do that more than once. Not all do it right, but that's a different problem altogether. This week, I noticed my favorite soap store was sitting at the top of the app store, a place retailers don't normally show up in, so I had to take a closer look. You can probably guess what it was, a new rewards program to get discounts. Bingo! Bath & Body Works app, which isn't new, is now the home of the store's new rewards program that offers points for every dollar spent, along with other fun perks. Looking at downloads, people really want to be rewarded for their soap purchases. Over the last 10 days, downloads have gone up nearly 2,000% from just around 11,000 per day to nearly a quarter of a million on Tuesday, according to our estimates. That's in a single day. Wow. Lots of apps have gained momentum over the last few months by offering promotions. Not all stuck, but the visibility is an amazing multiplier for downloads. And downloads translate into sales for a retailer like Bath & Body Works, which far outweigh the discounts. User acquisition is the name of the game for apps, and ads aren't the only way to win. Next. Amazon announced it's ending its telehealth service, Amazon Care, this week. This is a big move for a service that was born right before the pandemic, which made telehealth popular and more accepted. Weird, right? Amazon said the service wasn't complete enough to continue, and that's why it's being shut down. But what does that really mean? Telehealth, which is a fancy name for a doctor's appointment over FaceTime, is best done by mobile phone. So looking at downloads may give us a better idea of what's going on. Then looking at downloads of the top apps in the space, downloads certainly paint an interesting picture. Interesting for the top apps, though, not really for Amazon. I say that because the trend for the top three, which include Teladoc, Simple Practice, and Doctor on Demand, has been fairly flat for the most part. And fun find, Simple Practice knows how to do app store optimization. Well done. It's clear COVID had a massive impact on the space, and that's not something Amazon expected when launching Care back in 2018 for their employees and very large enterprise customers only. But that sounds like an opportunity. Looking back, Simple Practice saw the most growth in early 2020, going from just a handful of downloads in Q4 of 2019 to nearly a half a million downloads in Q1 of 2022. I couldn't skip the data. But back to the trend and its impact on Amazon. The rise of Simple Practice and Teladoc has made it very difficult for others to enter the market. We can clearly see that by looking at downloads of Doctor On Demand, number three on our list, which shows fairly flat growth versus the other two. Another thing to keep in mind is that the market for telehealth is now fairly large. I chose the top three because we can clearly see the division between the top two and the third, and it makes my point very clear. But there are many, 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 many other apps that attempt to compete now. The bottom line here is that this market, although fairly new, is already dense enough. So when Amazon says their offering isn't complete, they really mean it isn't competitive enough. And if we had the regulatory headache involved, that might be why they don't want to complete it. And last for this week, 
There's an app a lot of schools here in the U.S. use to communicate with students called Remind. Every year around back to school time, Remind's downloads shoot up, and it takes to the top of the App Store. It's a cycle I've been seeing every year for many years. It sloped down during COVID, though, as schools became virtual and communication moved to Zoom and other such tools. But I was pleasantly surprised to see Remind hitting the top charts again this week, and even happier to see how many downloads it's getting right now. Remind held on to the number two spot in the U.S. App Store for several days over the last two weeks, in and out, thanks to more than 2 million new downloads, according to our estimates. Roughly 80% of those downloads came from the App Store, with the rest from Google Play, so not very surprising. What I found interesting, however, was the trend over the last few years. When I zoomed out our App Intelligence dashboard all the way back to 2017, I noticed that this year's spike is significantly larger than the last few years. When we look at the peaks for each year, we can clearly see the impact that COVID had on downloads. It actually cut Remind's downloads in half. But that's all behind us because 2022 is on par with 2019 pre-COVID. COVID isn't completely gone and probably won't be for a long time, but some things like going back to school are putting it behind them, much like many of the other IRL apps I've looked at over the last few months. And that's a good thing, don't you think? I'll end on that. If you're making money with subscriptions, by the way, and want to make more money, check out my AF chat with Dan from NAMI here. You don't want to miss that one. And if you have any questions or feedback, leave me a comment. I'll see you next week.